This is Coach Chris Holtman. You're listening to Drive the Lane Podcast. Hey. All right, welcome back to Drive the Lane. Joey and I had a few trips that we had to go on, but we are back in business, and so are the Buckeyes coming off. That was a lot of bees coming off a big win over Minnesota. We're going to talk about that game. We're going to talk about the next two upcoming games, which are Iowa and Indiana. A lot to talk about. We're going to do a little love it or shove it. And we're going to answer some questions that you guys asked us. So if you want to know the exact flow of how it's going to go, game talk. Joey and I ask each other questions. Joey and I answer questions from not each other. Joey, we're recording the day after last night's game. Maybe the least stressful second half in Big Ten history for Ohio State. How are you feeling? Uh, you know, I, I don't want to take any credit, but I haven't tweeted in three straight games, and we're 3-0. and That's number one. Number two, I don't want to take any credit, but I left my room and sat on the couch with my roommate for the second half of the game, and we all know how the game uh, uh, came up. So I don't want to take any credit for that. But feels good. You know, coming off of – a little hiatus right between you and me and let's make let's make sure that people know it was not a vacation we did not take time off from our lives we did not we, we were working for our real jobs we have real jobs this is not our full-time job i'm pretty sure you guys can gather that can have you know with the fact that we have no sponsorships on the show this is not our full-time job so um all that being said the win last night and the win against michigan i guess we can talk about that kind of combine those two um it was awesome, man. That second half was awesome. The first half, Holman said it, an awesome quote on Twitter. You know, who look around the conference. Who is blowing teams out in the first half? No one. doesn't matter if Purdue's playing Nebraska. No one's blowing out teams in the first half. So it's all being done after the halftime adjustments, right? You get used to the flow of the game. You get used to how the game's being played. You get used to how the officials are calling the game, yada, 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 so forth and so on. In turn, which I think Coach Holman's one of the best in-game coaches in the Big Ten, you saw what happened in the second half, a bloodbath. I mean, just a defensive dominating performance by Ohio State. And we were hitting a bunch of shots, right? EJ Lell came alive. We're hitting three. Cedric Russell's hitting threes. Jamar Wheeler had two or three in the second half. All while me not live tweeting, which is awesome for me and for everybody else. So you're welcome for that. You know, couple that with the Michigan game. It's a nice little stretch for the Bucks. You know, the defense was great. Michigan – you know, yeah, they're not that good, right? They're not the Michigan that we thought they'd be this year, but they beat Purdue by 17 at home a couple days before, right? So they were rolling in theory, right? They, well, they were. They, had, they beat Ohio State. I think Lenardi was going to have them as a one seed in the tournament yeah, after that. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So, I mean, Michigan had just beaten Purdue. Ohio State had just lost on to Rutgers after a 10 0 run to end the game by Rutgers. Like, you combine those two, you think it's a recipe disaster for the Buckeyes. And, but no, they proved like, hey, we're legit. We're a contender. And it's just a great two-game stretch from Ohio State. It's just awesome to see at this time of the year, right? Like we were so nervous about the COVID pause and everything. Like, you know, not to bring him all the way back to Holman, but obviously no one's got a better pulse of the team than him. You know, in his interview today, he said, I love where we're at. It's classic coach speak. And Andrew, you know this. It's classic coach speech for a coach to be like, you know, yeah, we got a lot to improve on. And, you know, we're just taking it day by day. So when a coach tells you he loves where he's at, like, that's good. That's good. He's all about 
the player-led teams and players win games. Like Pete and said it on the podcast with us, players win games. And that's so true. The fact that they've got guys like Kyle Young, EJ, and Jamari Wheeler finishing out games, no one's got more experience than those three guys. So that's awesome. I love where this team's at. Let's just keep it rolling. What, what were your thoughts last night besides the fact that we could go to bed early? Well, here's my, here's my, my two thoughts after last night. Um, the first one is I feel like we kind of know what the team is for the rest of the season. You know, since we last talked, Seth Towns ruled out for the year. Since we last talked, really for the first time, we've heard Holtman mention the possibility of Justice Suing being out for the year. And we've seen guys like Cedric Russell and Eugene Brown's numbers go way up. And on the inverse, Justin Arn's numbers go, you know, to an extent way down. So I feel like this is the first time where we're like, this is what you're working with for the rest of the season. Everything else that you get would just be a positive. Justice Suing comes back, huge positive. Justin Arns catches fire, huge addition, huge positive. But I think we're at the point where we know what you are getting. The yeah. second thing, second thing I want to say, then I'll let you bounce off that, that first one. The second thing I want to say is I think Ohio State's ranking of like, each week, it's somewhere between 15 and 21. Like, I think that's perfect. I think if there's, if they beat any team in the country, you're not surprised. And I think if they have a tough game, EJ struggles and they lose to a Northwestern, or, you know, Indiana's much better than Northwestern, but Indiana on the road. I don't know if Indiana's much better than Northwestern. Right, but, but either night. way, you're like, you're not like, oh my God, what, how, how did they lose? What happened? Like, their, their ranking is perfect versus a team like Purdue. Any game that Purdue loses besides maybe Illinois, like a, besides a Big Ten road game, I guess we'll say, you're like, all right, they got upset. Like, yeah. that, that was a – so I think, I think Ohio State's ranking is spot on with where it is, where if you lose to a team outside of the top 25 – not crazy. And if you beat a team in the top five, like they've done, you know, with Duke this year, there's been other teams who have been in the top five in and out. But, you know, I just think where the rotation is and where the ranking is, like we finally, I'm content with saying that we know what's up with this team. Yeah, I spot on. I agree. I think just to talk to your second point first, there's no one is, is, no, we're not dumb, right? Like we're delusional Ohio state fans, but we are kind of the novelty of us is that we also are realistic as well. Um, and I, and I, especially you unless me. Um, but I would say that to kind of quantify it, kind of what you just said, like Ohio state's not in that first tier, right? They're not in that 10 team tier that can win the national championship, but they are in that next tier, you know, that 10 to 17 range of teams so seven teams maybe that would you be surprised if they won the national championship sure but is it impossible no right and do you expect them to are they it's really kind of you know the the echelons of teams right the there's final four caliber teams and then sweet 16 caliber teams like that's like kind of the distinctions right and because as awesome as winning a national championship is it's so hard six games in a row like that's so hard Final four, a little bit more, quote unquote, realistic for the great teams to make. It's, so almost got- like, it's almost like you'd be shocked kind of if they made the Elite Eight Final Four, but you'd be disappointed if they didn't make the Sweet 16. Exactly. Like they're right That's in that, totally that fair. sweet spot. It would, it, you're totally right. Would, they, would you be shocked if they made the Final Four? No, but it's an upset if they made right. the Final Four. If 
Because they'd be I'd like, say I'd be shocked. I, I would I would be shocked if not like shocked, like yeah, how I just did they do it? is the right word. I would be pleasantly surprised if they yeah. made the final four. I would be pleasantly unpleasantly upset if they didn't make the sweet sixteen. Right. So out kicking the coverage to make the final four, like not living up to expectations if you don't make the Sweet 16. Yeah, so if you, can, if you can be Sweet 16, maybe you win another one Elite Eight, you – you Successful season. Successful season. But anything short of that, you know – It's like that, what a bummer. Not an unsuccessful right. season, but it's like, what a bummer. So we're good there. We're totally good there. The other piece of the puzzle, I think you're also right. I mean, Holtman said it in his press conference after the game. And you see where we do all our research. It's just watching clips on Twitter of – of Ohio State student athletes and Ohio State coaches. But um, Holman said, you know, yeah, it's obvious proof is in the, the box scores. Cedric Russell and Eugene Brown are playing more and Justin's playing less. Like, they are taking his minutes. And that's just because they're, the team is more successful this way right now. What I see happening is, yes, Justin's going to be playing 10, 15 minutes instead of 20, 25 minutes. Eugene is going to be playing more. Cedric's going to be playing more. And they've both been awesome in their roles. You know, Eugene Brown is like a, a Musa Jallo, but a little bit more consistently and gives you a little bit more on offense. Shout out to Musa just towards ACL. He's going to be having surgery here in a few weeks. He'll come back for his sixth year of college, which is hilarious and awesome. And we were joking about it yesterday. Maybe we'll have him on in like the summertime or something to talk random Ohio State stories. But anyway, he's like a Musa Jallo on steroids to an extent sometimes. And then you got Cedric Russell, who is – just like Keyshawn Woods when we made our run, right? So, like, giving you that spark off the bench, that, you know, that leadership, the guy who's been there, done that, and get buckets. So, um, I love that those guys are playing more. What I see for Justin happening, and, and uh, you know, this would be awesome, we're going to make a run in the Big Ten tournament. So in order to do that, some guys got to step up. There's going to be a game where Justin makes two or three threes, uh, or three or four threes, I should say, in a half. You know, like, boom, boom, boom sort of deal. Right over the course of seven minutes, he's unconscious. And will that mean he's back? Probably not. Maybe it could, but I think that's going to be a huge jolt of energy for him and everyone. And, and it just the timing of it will be awesome because he's so due. He's going to shoot 50% from three from this point on for the rest of the year. It might just be at a smaller clip than, than what we were expecting. Right. And then the last piece is Justice Suing coming back. Who knows? If, you know, honestly, I don't think it's the end of the world if he doesn't. We would love him to come back. You know, we talked about it at length for him to come back. But, like, he's not coming. I don't think he's coming back. I don't think so either based on what we're seeing. And and that's fine because next year with him and Malachi, it's going to be ridiculous. So, um, yeah, who knows if he'll be back, right, Andrew? Um, yeah. But, um, but, yeah, I, I just to kind of wrap up that portion, like, I think you're spot on. I think that it's clear that Justin's not playing as much. Uh, Cedric – Eugene are playing more and as they should be, which we're in agreement with. And that Ohio State's in a pretty good zone of they're contenders, but like let's not pretend that they are gonna win the national championship. The final piece of the roster puzzle is like if Jamari and Michi are both healthy, those are the two point guards that play. And if one of them's not, then Jimmy's gonna get a couple minutes. Like that's kind of the the final piece of the puzzle. Right. hundred percent. Um, I think the bit, the most important thing, and obviously we always say, oh, the next two games are the most important, next three games. 
But like, okay, you've got this rotation down now, hopefully. Like, let's see it in action at home against Iowa. Let's see it in action at home we against – We need Michi back. It's like right. that. It's like tough. the next two games, I mean, it's just – I know you are not a big Indiana believer. It's hard for me to be like, next two games, like you got to win for sure when like one of them they already – they like lost at Indiana. I know playing at Indiana is different. We'll talk about these two games and why they're so different but yes i sure you i mean you gotta go one for two right, right. i mean you gotta go one for two so right and i think i mean we'll, we'll you gotta go two for two if you want to win the big 10 championship but you gotta go one for two to stay in this level of ohio state is a really really good team and we'll we'll jump in those games now i mean first first with iowa i guess we could just plug and play what we said a, a few weeks ago about iowa which is yeah. this has the potential to be a big scoring game and you're hopeful that you, you have enough weapons now, but as you have mentioned, you're hoping this isn't Purdue where, you know, you're going to have to score a lot. This is Iowa where you can potentially win because of defense. Yeah. I, I, I was so weird, man. Cause like every game, every announcer says, uh, you know, Iowa's such a tough matchup cause they score so much. Like you better be scoring well in order to play with them. But, like, the reverse is, like, they suck on defense. It's like everyone scores well. You know, like, it's going to be hard for EJ to have an off night unless he's literally missing shots because, you know, they don't have a guy who can really guard him. They don't play any sort of, you know, defensive scheme besides maybe doubling him that's going to make it tough for him. But they are – it's a track meet. Guys are going to get tired. Guys are going to play a ton. Uh, they play this soft one-two-two zone into man-to-man or into a two-three that's tricky but not – it's not meant for turnovers. It's meant to just slow down the game and make force you to take a early or late second shot clock shot. Nothing crazy, but like they got it going on sometimes, man. Like they are capable of scoring a hundred every single night out. Keegan Murray leads, leads the league in scoring Jordan Bohannon. Who's had a rough year has had 10 threes to uh, a week ago against Maryland. Um, I mean, like they're coming for it all. They're not afraid. They're, they're not as good on the road. They're not, as they are at home, just like every team, really, um, except for, like, Ohio State. We're pretty good on the road and not as good at home, but neither here nor there. Um, it'll be interesting, man. It'll be interesting, you know. Uh, I'm not a strong believer in Iowa just because they just – they've always faulted towards the end of the year, you know. Um, but, like, they got firepower. They have a ton of firepower. They, they play tons of guys. They're super deep. Keegan Murray's brother, Chris Murray, is awesome, too. They've got this transfer center who's pretty good. Bunch of point guards coming off the bench. Ulyss, Toussaint, like the list goes on and on and on. They got a lot of dudes. McCaffrey, we didn't even talk about him, is probably their second best player. Um, so it'll be interesting, but it is, it is, a, it's always interesting when you play Iowa because you, you do have to score. It's not like Purdue. Mm. It's not the same. Like you said, uh, Iowa can struggle at times, but like it's similar where you're expecting a track meet, an 80 to 85 game. Like that's what you're expecting. Yeah, I think as even though we just talked about this, there's some teams in the Big Ten where if Iowa beats them, it's an upset. Because this is home, it, it would be a little bit of a shocker to lose. But one of those guys that you just mentioned catches fire and Ohio State just doesn't have enough to keep up with it. You're not like, all right, what's going on? Burn it all down, start over. This what's going like like I I think I would be surprised if Ohio State goes into the Illinois game on a on a four game win streak, but I but 
like I don't have an opinion on which game I think is harder to win or necessarily more important because there was a point where I was like the Indiana games going to be so important. They're going to be fighting for the number four spot, but like that is not the case anymore. And then the Iowa game, it's like, get your guys right. Get everyone a chance to score. Like you got a little more confidence in the rotation now. Like what's Cedric Russell going to do, you know, when all of his minutes are not garbage time versus just some of them, you know, like there's a lot of, like I feel like Iowa's the more more important game because it's the you just blew a team out. Now, now what? What I, I agree because Andrew, at the end of the day, the most important game is the right. next game. Of course. But um, but no, if we're looking them as equals, right? And if they were both being played tomorrow, right? You know what I mean? In in that sort of caliber. I think that you know, if you separate them, I think the Iowa game is more important because it's because they might be looking at the Indiana game as like a revenge game. Let's we can't wait to get them back, blah blah blah. And then you look at Iowa's like, oh, we'll score, we'll, we'll be fine. They're they're harmless. Iowa, we haven't played them yet, blah blah blah. Whatever. You can't overlook Iowa. You know what I mean? You just can never overlook yeah. Iowa. Um, but at the same time, like Indiana's not the same team on the their own. I I think that. Both of those teams are good, not great. I think Rutgers is way better than both those teams. You know what I mean? Yes. So so I, I don't know which one is more important. I look at it as – the way I look at it right now is we're contending to win the Big Ten championship regular season and get into that top four seed of not the Big Ten tournament but March Madness. In order to set yourself up for a four or even a three seed in March um, – is to win both these games. I look at them equally as important. you got to win both of them. And the Indiana game becomes more important if you lose it against Iowa, obviously. And the Indiana game becomes more important if you beat Iowa, too, because you want to win every single game that's in front of you. So, I mean, they've got eight games left and, like, six are at home. Like, they We're recording this, and the Rutgers-Illinois game has not happened yet. It's tonight. Rutgers is at home. Like we very well could be looking at like Rutgers beats Illinois and then Ohio state wins, you know, two of their next three, one of which is Illinois. And all of a sudden it's all muddy up there. So, I, I mean, if, if, if Rutgers beats Illinois, we're tied in the loss column for the, for the lead in the big time. Right. But then they, ju- but then they Rutgers would have more wins than us. Like, I'm just saying it's like a little well, Rutgers, right well, Rutgers has five losses. Well, just- no, We'll know more here in after yeah. Monday, after Monday's Indiana game. We'll have and, and Ohio State has games left against Illinois and Michigan State. What what I'm kind of excited to see on the same kind of note is like we've talked about can you keep it rolling, right? You know, we've won two games against two good teams. Now you play Iowa in another awesome test. Against Michigan and against Minnesota, our defense was incredible, dominating, incredible, awesome. You know, it's funny because what we don't talk about or anybody doesn't talk enough about is that we might have two first-team defense guys on our team, Jamari Wheeler and EJ Liddell, yet our defense has, as a team hasn't been that awesome. But it's kind of clicking now. So you go into a game against Iowa, and um, you go into a game against Iowa, and it's like, okay, this is the real test, right? A real, real test. How's the defense look? So that is something I'm excited for. And then you go into Indiana, and it's the reverse. Indiana stinks on offense. They are so bad beyond Trace Jackson Davis. So then it's like, okay, 
it's going to be a defensive battle. Maybe how does the offense look right? Like does the defense keep you in the Indiana game sort of deal. Right. So it's two reverses where Iowa. It's like, let's focus on defense. Like, um, you know, I was uh, hallmark is their offense. Let's focus on our defense. Our offense will come. Then you flip it to, okay, now the defense is rolling. We can trust our defense each and every game. Indiana stinks on offense. So let's try and outscore them also to try and win. So let's see how the offense is two different sort of games. It'll be interesting. Cause and that's good. That's what March is all about, right? You might play an Oral Roberts who scores a billion points in the first round. And then the next time you're playing Texas tech who plays in the fifties and low sixties. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. And we'll talk more about kind of player of the year stuff in, in the next segment and everything. But like we might have two defensive guys on that first team, at least we're going to have one after whether it's EJ or Damari. So, I mean, we shall see. It'll be fun. Last thing I want to say about, you know, upcoming games is there's, there's seven games left. Okay. I think eight it was including last night's. So yeah, seven. Sorry. Right. So the, Oh, I wasn't even like correcting you. I'm just looking at the schedule. No, no, I was just thinking back because I was on, I was on, not the, I was on the radio last night, and we talked, we talked about. It. Sorry. So. There's, there's seven games left, and I think if they go five and two, they know they will be a top four seed in the Big Ten tournament, no matter who they lose to. I just think the wins and losses will work out. Yeah, I don't know if they'll be a top four seed in March Madness if the two losses are Illinois and Michigan state. So I don't think they're going seven and zero. I think you got to go five and two. And if you want to be a top four seed in March badness, at least one of those five has to be Illinois and Michigan state. But if you go five and two, I think you're a top four seed in the big 10 tournament. Isn't it crazy that um, like, I mean, there's just so many crazy things, but Ohio state is so much. We're, I don't want to talk too much about this right this second, but Ohio State is kind of in the driver's seat. Seven games left. We're going to be favored in at least five. Like, come on now. Come on now. We can do this. So Go five and two. Go six and one. Go seven and oh. This feels <laughs> like the end of the episode. We got a lot left. Yeah, so much Any, left. Anything uh, else before we get to uh, love it or shove it? No, let's let's love some things and shove some things. All right. You want to you wanna go one yeah. for one? Sure. We've been talking about it. Love it or shove it. Ohio State's going to win the Big Ten regular season. Like outright number one, they're going to win. They're going to w- share a big Ten championship, regular season championship. I, I am going to, sh- I'm going to shove it. I think being two games in the loss column behind Illinois win column two game. Sorry. Being two games behind in the win column behind Illinois is, is going to make it tough. And Purdue, who you don't have the tiebreaker with. Obviously, that Illinois game can... Tiebreaker doesn't matter, though. If we oh, yeah, it'd be a share. Be a share. Um, no, I'm going to say I'm gonna say no. All right, I, I got so all in after last... I mean, I was... I probably would have... I would have always loved it because, like, obviously, I'm just going to be happy and positive. But I actually do kind of love it because um, the schedule, and they're going to be favored in games, and they have got a bunch of home games... Like Illinois schedule is tough. If Purdue loses one, if they if Purdue loses two games of the remainder of the year, like I feel pretty darn good. If they lose one, I'll feel okay. Wisconsin is the team that scares me. That's why Indiana's fucking dead to me. Well, God. well, they folded so hard last night. We needed them to to win that game. The prop the problem with Illinois is they have more wins and less losses. All the other teams have 
have. No, I get it. I get it. It's not going to be easy, but I'm loving it. I'm loving it. All right. I, I'm shoving it, but I'm going to hit you with this, okay? Love it or shove it. Illinois is the best team in the Big Ten. I unfortunately love that. I The only thing that I think, and we talked about it on the last episode, that's holding them back is going to be their coaching, which I'm not saying Underwood's not a good coach. That's not what I'm saying. Everyone who plays for him loves him. Illinois fans love him. Clearly, he's doing something right over at Illinois. What I'm saying is he got his ass outcoached against Loyola last year, and it's going to be interesting to see how they bounce back. He had He's had some good in-game performances this year, but when the bright lights are on, It'll be interesting whether it's in the Big Ten tournament or which they've done it in the Big Ten tournament. But whether it's in the Big Ten tournament or the NCAA tournament, it'll be interesting. But I do love it. They're the best team. He's a great coach. He, him, or Steve Peichel will win Coach of the Year as they should. Um, and and uh, I mean, I'm just I'm just not the biggest Illinois fan in general, so it's hard for me to say that and be nice to to the coach and nice to the team. But yeah, I lo- I love it. What about you? I think I love it. I think well. What? Think. I love it. Okay. Yeah, I love it. I'm not going to shove it. I love it. All right, back to you. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, something that I wanted to not spend too much time on because I wanted to save it for this segment. I'm sure, as we talked about, we hear all the stuff in the media from the coaches and everything like that. After the Michigan game, the clip that went semi-viral from Coach Holtman was him begging and pleading and wondering why people were not – um, giving EJ more praise towards the player of the year race, whether that's in the big 10 or the national player of the year. So my love it or shove it to you is EJ Liddell is a bona fide big 10 player of the year candidate. Candidate. I love it, but I, I, th- some of these questions go hand in hand where if they end up winning the, the big 10 regular season, or at least sharing, he's going to have a pretty spectacular end of the season, which yep. is more of the case for him to be big 10 or national player of the year. But I got a feeling, you know, whoever wins, if it's Wisconsin or Illinois, both of those teams got a guy that could win both. Also candidate, love it, favorite, shove it. I agree. Um, what's funny, <coughs> excuse me. What's funny to me is the big 10, the past few years has had this weird phenomena where there's a guy who's clearly the the national player of the year and a guy who could should be the big 10 player of the year. And they're different, right? Like last year, Luca Garza, definitely the player of the year in, in the country, but like their team stunk in the big 10, not stunk, but weren't as good in the big 10. So like everyone's like, well, Io's got to be the player of the year in the big 10, you know, because Illinois was great and Iowa was awesome. And he's the reason why they won so many close games. It's kind of weird this year too. I don't know if EJ falls into it, but like Johnny Davis is the player of the year nationally. Like mm-hmm. he is just, Iowa would be nothing without him, blah, 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 blah. But they might not end up being there at the end of the day for the Big Ten regular season championship. They very well could. And if they are, he's got to win player of the year in the Big Ten and the country. But if they're not, you know, Kofi's got to have consideration and EJ's got to have consideration. So it's, it's definitely interesting. I'm shoving that as well, but I'm loving the fact that he needs to be recognized more for what he's doing. National player of the year, he should be a first team uh, uh, All-American. And he should be a, obviously a first team all Big Ten player as well. So I'm loving the fact that he needs more recommendation to coach hold his spot on, but I'm shoving the fact that he should be the number one guy on everyone's list. He shouldn't be. And I think Holman would agree kind of there. But so I'm, we're both shoving it and we're both loving the fact that Holman's right, needs more recognition. All right. 
I got one more. Okay. Love it or shove it. Cedric Russell, better shooter than Justin Arns. Oh, basically, basically what I'm asking is not love it or shove it is who do you think the better shooter is, but I formed it as love it or shove it. Right. Um, I mean, Cedric Russell's shots uh, that go in are just beautiful. They both, I, I will say this, this I'll answer it. I will, I'll love it in the sense of this right now, both guys get an open three. Cedric Russell, I'm shocked if it doesn't go in. You expect it to go in. Justin Arns is on that level similarly, but but lower right now. So I'll go Cedric Russell is right now. Who would I want shooting like a contested three to in a big spot? Seems like Cedric Russell's been that freaking guy. Mm-hmm. So um, as much as that pains me because I taught Justin Arns everything he knows about shooting. Um, yeah, I, I gotta I gotta love that I guess, and you're gonna agree. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to agree. I, I want to say this about Cedric Russell. Like, I'm a little surprised that it's mid-February and now we're like, this guy's got to get more minutes. Like, I, I'm a little surprised that it took this long for him to, you know, earn minutes, be able to contribute. And the reason is I know he came from, like, came from obviously a much, much, much smaller school. But the, the – different role but like the devil's advocate is like you know every high school player in the country that contributes day one as a freshman came from a completely different role on a on a high school team so i'm just a little i'm not saying it's a good thing i'm not saying it's a bad thing i'm just a little surprised at what he's doing now compared to the beginning of the season because i it's not like he was like playing a ton a ton a ton learning by yeah i think that this is pretty common i think like it took Keyshawn a while to get going too. Like it's a different system. The coaches have different like mandates for you. Right. Like from a player's perspective, like Cedric Russell probably never had to play defense at Louisiana Lafayette. Now he has to play defense in order to get on the court and he's proving that he can play it. And obviously he's been playing it in defense or in practice better and better. And that's why he's getting these minutes. So he's getting more of an opportunity. It was probably always there. But now it's like he gets a good flow and gets the opportunity, and it's probably because of defense. So I just, I we also, I mean, everyone kind of thought, all right, this is Dwayne's replacement that they're bringing in. Yeah, that's true, it's, and that was unfair to him. Right, unfair to him, and it was kind of like, was Holtman thinking that, or were we, were like we thinking that and hoping that, you know? So, but that's all I got for love and shove. It. You got any more? I just one more, and I just thought of it while we were talking. Um, love it or shove it. Eugene Brown starts the remainder of the season. Who's he starting in, in place of right now? Is he starting in place of starting the rest of the season? Love it or shove it. I think I love it. I think when you go I on, love it. Like when I you go on like a little run like this and and Michi's been in and out of the lineup and I, Yeah, I just I love it because I think Malachi at the two is just that's what I was gonna so say. awesome. Yeah, and Eugene can guard the best player that way instead of Malachi having to guard him or Jamari having to guard him. Like I, I love it. Michi's gonna play thirty minutes a game if he if he can and wants to. Yeah, it also two. makes him it also makes him bigger because totally exactly. as much as we love EJ and Zed and as big as they play and as strong as they are, they are not that tall. So if you can potentially have a mismatch somewhere else size wise and Malachi is usually a size wise mismatch height wise, at least like, yeah. I, I think it's like a, it's a quote unquote better small ball lineup. 
Right. No, totally. Totally. So I, I, I'm all in on it. I, it's the yeah. same exact thing with Musa. I was all about starting Musa for the same reason. He brings defense. He brings rebounding, bigger body, can make an open shot. Like, I, I loved Eugene Brown starting. So we both love that. Here's the devil's advocate of it, though. If, if Malachi wasn't scoring and wasn't the threat to score as he's been since the Nebraska game, you're like – we can't have Eugene Brown in the start. We need more scoring somewhere else. So Malachi has really made it okay for Eugene Brown to be in the starting totally. lineup. Yeah. Totally. As the year goes, I mean, that's, yeah. Yeah. It's a crazy sport that basketball is. Yeah. All right. Should we get to the questions that were responded? On yeah, let's answer. Let's answer a few. I'll, I'll read them to you. Okay. And then we can both touch on them, but. Well, we'll start with kind of a softball, which is what we just talked about, which is the ideal starting five come March. I think the answer is we just talked about it. Yeah, Jamari. Matt, well, the ideal starting five might have Justice Suing in it if he was healthy, but he's not. Take him out. Uh, my ideal starting five and Andrews, the drive the lane starting five is Jamari Wheeler, Malachi Branham, Eugene Brown the third, EJ Liddell, and Joey Bronk. Really? <laughs> no, I just, I just <laughs> no. Obviously, Zed. <laughs> I hope you guys are watching the video because that was Andrew's reaction was like nodding the whole time. Right, I'm like, like, I'm like scrolling through the questions, and I hear out of, out of the corner of my ear. That's not even an expression. Oh yeah. So so Zed, EJ, Eugene, Malachi, mm-hmm. and Jamar. I'm all in on that lineup. All right, so the next question, which we also already touched on, but, you know, wants us to discuss Justin Arns a little bit. I think you nailed it with there will be a Big Ten game where, and we've been so cautious about what we say, but, like, there will be a Big Ten game where you're not surprised if he hits a bunch of important threes. Yeah, I mean, Justin's whole thing is, like, there's been so much pressure on him, the pressure of him to want to do well and the fans like being like when is this guy gonna blah, 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 when 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 it's like let's take a step back this has always been his role and last year was so much easier for him because there was no reliance on it you know i think that he's gonna thrive in more of this spark plug role for him moving forward that what it's gonna be and like we talked about on the show there's gonna be a huge game where he has five threes three of them like in a row in a big spot to like take the lead take us down two to up eight sort of deal right you know what i mean and like, that's not math, but you know what I'm saying? And like, um, and, and like the fans are gonna be like, oh my God, yes, Justin, we missed you. We love you. Like, no, fuck you. You were not on the Justin Arn stream before. Like give the man some love and compassion. He's gonna be just fine. He's a big boy, just in a little bit of a slump. And his role has never been the JJ Redick role. Like that's not him, not Luke Kennard. He is a spot up shooter who's damn good at it. And he's gonna be great the rest of the year. Just like Malachi's emergence has helped Eugene Brown, Justice Suing's injury has hurt Justin Orange, where where expectations were just so sky high. All right, last question. How much of an impact do you think the condensed schedule down the stretch will affect the Buckeyes? Can they spin it into a positive and get rolling? Or is it or is it probably going to lead to a physical burnout and affect their play? I got a good point about this that I'll say after you, but what do you think? Oh, I'm so worried about it. I'm so worried about it because it's just not fair. Um, 
but I can't tell if you're being sarcastic or not. No, no, I'm, I am worried about it. It's just unfair because it, it all comes back to that COVID pause. Like they were rolling and yeah, they might be rolling, but like it plays a role. It plays like a huge, it, uh, the toll is taken on your body. Like it's just March and February are so hard because you've played all year. You've practiced all year. You've had the hardest summer of your life and it all catches up to you. Think about that team with Kata and, and, and Jay Sean and those guys, like my junior year, we were awesome. And then we went through that really tough stretch because we just like got burnt out and we practiced really, really hard all the time. And Kata and JT were playing 40 minutes a game and practicing really hard and like just takes a toll on you. I think it's going to be even worse because of those games. I'm nervous about it. I, the only thing that I like is that this team is younger in a lot, in a lot of different ways. EJ obviously is – EJ, Kyle, you know, those guys have played a ton. Jamari Wheeler, but like he's a spark plug. Like he, that dude's not real. So like, but then you look at guys like Michi, Malachi, Eugene Brown, Zed. Like these guys are fr- like relatively fresh, right? So, um, I, I that it's it goes both ways. Uh, of course, in a perfect world, they, they use it to get rolling. I just am a little worried about the condensed schedule. I just think whether it's in the Big Ten tournament or in March, like it's gonna there's gonna be a game or two where you see it really affect them. So we shall see. I think Holtman will do a good job with like, all right, this guy would be playing if it was the big 10 tournament, but maybe we should hold him out tonight. So I think I'm comfortable with which, which they did against Minnesota. I'm pretty sure Michi played if it was for the championship, right? Same thing with in practice. I can guarantee you Kyle Young is not practicing three times a week, four times a week. I can guarantee you that they're not making EJ Liddell, go one-on-one against Zed every single day in five-on-five going up and down the court and stuff. I think they're going to be smart about it. My my only thing that I'll say about this is I'm, I'm with you that it's going to be taxing. It's going to be worrisome, but I would prefer this over a COVID pause that rolls into the Big Ten tournament because that would be terrible. Yeah, at least they're playing the games. Right. All right, that's it for uh, for questions for us. I, I got nothing else. This has been a good episode. A lot of information. If you if you were if you had questions about Ohio State basketball and they were not answered, I mean, I don't know what to tell you because we we laid it all out. Let's end on this, Andrew. Love it or shove it. Tiger Woods will win another PGA Tour championship. Turn love it. I love it. Too. Genesis this weekend. Who's who you got this weekend, Andrew? Big tournament. All top ten are playing in it. I got I got no skin in the game. Who you got, bro? Make a pick. I got no skin in the game. Is Kepka playing? Yeah, he's playing. That's your guy. It's my guy. We we can't talk about that. It's my guy. I'll give you uh I'll I'll take Kepka. All right, Kepka. I get the field? No, who you got? <laughs> um, it's funny because I think I'm gonna pick I'm in a like a little pool where you pick a guy every week and once you pick him you can't use him again. I'm leaning towards Kepka, either Kepka or maybe like Rory. Those are the two guys I'm thinking about. So Kepka. I think I gotta pick Kepka. All right. Awesome. That's a great way to end the, the college basketball show that we have. Yeah, if you're still listening, shout out Josh Schaffner. We know you're sticking around at this point of the show. Scott, Scott Lane, my my uh my coworker John Kuchno, definitely still listening. Shout out to for us for um, for for them, for Maryland almost beating Purdue. He's, he's a Maryland fan in addition to Ohio State fan. So shout out to him for that. And uh, I'm about to go play pickup for the first time in literally months. So we'll see how that goes. Um, 
Ooh, I, I played last. I played last night during the first few minutes of the Ohio State game. So how'd it, how'd it go? It went well. There was only eleven guys, and it's like the game is just eleven or twelve guys, and the game is just like a, always a little slower when there's no risk of. Hold on, live question from Josh Shafter. Live question. No way. We gotta answer it. I think we got to answer it. Live. Literally, the tweet just. We just got it. What's your guys' preferred closing five for a big game? His is Jamari, Malachi, Kyle, EJ, and then the fifth guy is either Michi, Gene, or Cedric, depending on matchups and who's playing the best that game. So he didn't give us his because he didn't answer it. Um, my five is the four guys that he mentioned, um, probably with probably with Cedric, honestly, um, just because I trust him as of late. Uh, but it depends. If we need, if we're kind of like coming back, we need Cedric. If we're trying to maintain, then I'll say Gene. What about there you? Also, could be a game like the Duke game where Zed Key just has an incredible matchup, and you think he's getting a bucket every time he's getting the ball. Good point. Good point. Yeah. So throws that in there too. I'm with you. Yeah. Kyle is awesome down the stretch. Always just worries me a little bit if it's a high scoring stretch run at the end. Well, I like Kyle because Kyle spreads the floor a little bit, at least. Yeah. yeah. That yeah. doesn't spread the floor at all. Yeah. He's, not, he's no threat inside. Like, literally, you saw him shoot a free throw line jump shot last game, and Minnesota didn't even blink, and the coaches stand up and clap. They're like, that's what we wanted. Yeah. So, great late addition from Schaffner. Way to go, Schaffner. You're the man. And, and with that, I guess it's tied. now it's time for us to go. Buckle up. Drive the lane. Go Buckeyes and look out for a statement from Jordan Bohannon on Twitter tomorrow.